Hello everyone and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll. Today we are here to talk about a brand new exciting biography about Rebetzin Sarum Yurik, our Mora in uniform. And I'm privileged to be joined by two of Rebetzin Yurik's grandsons, Reb Shragi's eldest and Reb Shragi Malinowitz. So thank you to the Reb Shragis for making the trip out here to Art Scroll to discuss this new book. Now, for starters, People hear about the book, they may not have known your grandmother. Let's start off by providing a little background into who she was and how she got into the field of Chinuch, either of you. Her life story is really an amazing story. She was born in Yerushalayim, good old Yerushalayim, not the Yerushalayim that we know today, but the old Yerushalayim. Um, not only was she born into it, but she lived with it till her last day. She was a proud Yerushalayimite down to the Strymel. Um, and the fire of Yerushalayim came with her her whole life. Um, she came to America in her teens and ad adopted, interestingly, um, the American culture while keeping the fire um, of Yerushalayim alive, I think, very much. And uh, she took that and boomeranged with it, opening schools and being mechanach, um, many, many B'nai Yisrael, thousands upon thousands upon thousands, that she felt like were her children. And I think they felt the same. Her mother and I guess maybe her mm. grandmother, you know, they, they really connected very, very well. And it was that, uh, the, the, the growing up on Yerushalayim really was with her till the last day. She, she kept that fire her whole entire life. Now I noticed reading the book, going through the book, you really see that despite the fact that she grew up in Eretz Yisrael, really a totally different culture, she connected to American kids in an, in an amazing way. What did you see as a grandson regarding that aspect of her personality. Yeah, so her real connection, I believe, is more than just a connection, like, you know, us, us speaking. It's more of a heartfelt connection. Um, connecting to somebody is not necessarily just understanding who you're talking to, but it's also the feeling, the emotional connection. And um, that's what I believe led her to her success throughout all the years. Mm -hmm. And I use, you read in the book, and I heard stories, some of the videos that the schools have produced, how she really was totally uninhibited. She let herself loose, so to speak, whether it was singing with the girls, jump roping with the girls, not, not the typical image that you think of when you think of a, a Minahelis or a Mora, someone who just lets her guard down, so to speak. No, mm -hmm. wouldn't you agree? I think that was the way, that was her success, I think. You know, there's a famous story with Chavetz Chaim, they say, with the Baron about Hartsprach, talking with Hartsprach, right. you're the storyteller. Um, um, you know, she really, she really connected in the heart. That's how she did it. And it was amazing to see, um, with, on, on a personal level, with my children, and really, you know, the, the, the year difference is, is tremendous. Um, and she was able to connect with the little, little kids. I think it was really the heart, the fact that she connected through the heart. She was genuine. She said it as it is. And, uh, and I think people like that. Well, that's interesting because she was, blunt, she was blunt when she had to be. You were she never said, able to fool her. <laughs> never. You can never get something over her. She, she, she caught it. She was always 10 steps ahead. Right. She's a very smart, very astute lady. And yet at the same time, she balanced that sharpness with this soft, heartfelt approach. It's a very, very unique dichotomy almost. I think someone it's really who carried both. It's really what, think about the concept of fire. On the one hand, fire is, is burning. And fire you could cook with, and fire you could bake with. And I think she had that fire within her. You know, she had, mm -hmm. she's an anical of the Bedichavah and of the Tesachoshin. She had the, 
the uh, the fire of the Bidichever and the Clarkite, if you can call it that, of the Tzayi and I think she really epitomized that. The, the, the brilliance in Chinuch that she possessed, knowing how to, how to touch the students in such a unique way, was that something inborn? Did she learn it from someone? What, what, what did you see? Well, she wasn't the typical textbook, textbook Mora, so to speak. Um, she tailor-made every drop of Chinuch that she had. Um, she would understand a, a, you know, a student, and she would work with them to, to bring the best of them. Um, I believe that it started, uh, you know, her entire family, her immediate family is in Chinuch. All her siblings are in Chinuch. Um, her mother was, was uh, her times two on fire. Um, you know, she, she lost her father at a young age. And her mother was that woman behind, the force behind um, raising the children. Uh, my grandmother being the oldest, uh, also shared some of the burden of, you know, helping out with the family. Uh, so she had that inborn her from, in, in, from the beginning um, of when she, you know, when she was growing up to take care of whatever she had to take care of, helping her mother, helping her siblings, etc. Right, she was very forced to be independent and very single-minded. I guess that carried over later on when she was fearless and she just had that ability to kind of chart her own course, which leads me to what I wanted to mention, which is the name of the book. Our Mora in uniform, and the reason why it's called that, as anyone who's going to pick up the book is going to know, is that your grandmother was probably the first and maybe the last <laughs> such Mora who actually came to school wearing the school uniform. You read in the book how when she first introduced the concept of uniforms in Joan Dax Besyakov in Chicago, there was a lot of pushback. People were like, well, you're instituting uniforms. The only people who wear uniforms are the Catholics. And she felt that it was very important for the structure and for the atmosphere of the school. And she said, you know what, if the girls are going to be wearing a uniform, I'm going to be wearing a uniform. Now, maybe you take it for granted because you always knew your bubby as someone, she's the mower in uniform. But to anyone who hears that, that's, that's quite enlightening and quite original, almost revolutionary. I think th- this idea of, of, she used to tell us, Ima and Echi And it's not that she looked at it like a tzara wearing a uniform. I think it's the ability to really take the responsibility if you say it. Right, not only, walk, not only talking the talk, but walking, walking the, the walk, walk right? right? Everything she did is by example. Right. Uh, you know, so when it came time to putting the uniforms on in Chicago, for example, she's told me that the eighth graders didn't want to put it on. Uh-huh. And she decided, okay, you know what, if you put it on, I'll put it on. And, and it was all followed by example. You could walk into the school building at 80 years old and there's a piece of garbage on the floor and she'd bend down and pick it up because she wanted that the students should all see that she's doing the same. And it was always followed by example. Her davening, her tehillim, her hoylech yelech, her whole derech hachayim was all just followed by example. Uh, we, as Einiklech, were able to see it more than, than, than others, but in school, in general, in, in, in the stores, in the streets, it was all followed by example. Now, you, at some point in time, I don't know when that was. I would love for you to share the background. You decided, you know, Bobby Merrick is really unique, something like you never saw before. We have to put this story out for the public. When did that happen that you decided, okay, we need a book about her? So I think the, the brainchild behind the book was really to inspire others. Um, here we're talking about a woman who started several schools. She started... Uh, Joan Dax Besyakov in Chicago. She was there for almost 50 years. Then she moved to Lakewood in her, in her 70s, started an elementary school. Later on, uh, two years before her, 
her passing, she started Chedvas Beis Yaakov, which was the high school. So, really to, to, be, to inspire others, um, to understand that Chinuch is not just, like I mentioned before, a textbook mora. It's more of understanding what is Chinuch. And if you go through the book, you'll see that the stories, which was all submitted by uh, students of hers, um, saying their personal story of how she touched their lives. Mm-hmm. And that can move on to other people to just, it doesn't have to be necessarily a chinuch, it's just a way of thinking. Right. What did you find as far as compiling and putting out such a book that there's an element of it that even someone who's not a chinuch and someone who's not necessarily teaching youngsters that there's so much here that they'll be able to glean from and, and enhance their lives? I would say one of the most striking things about Bubby um, was the living Yiddishkeit to the fullest. This fire, this passion, which was really rare. You know, you have, there are people that are on fire, people that are passionate. But she had a genuinity to, to this passion, to this fire. And it went throughout the whole, I mean, the kids all really like, like connected with her. I'll tell you a story with my son. Um, I have a son now, he's uh, eight, I don't know. So, you know, this must have been probably four years old. And he came, we, we used to come Friday, after, I used to come every Friday afternoon to say good job to her. And he came, it was the Parshish Truma, I guess. And he was wearing the, um, the, uh, the Begadim of the Kayin Gadol. And, um, and, um, and he comes in and she comes over to him and she starts, uh, you know, dancing with him and, and going through the, you're a Kayin Gadol, let, let's do it. Um, and it wasn't just, you see, oh, it's so pretty, it's so nice. But she actually lived it and he experienced the feeling of, hey, I'm a Kayin Gadol. And she did that with everything in life. You know, sukkah, sukkahs was, was, we lived the sukkah. Hanukkah, you lived the, the, the Hanukkah lecht. And it was like that. She, she was quick to cry and quick to laugh and quick to smile. And the whole entire Yiddishkeit wasn't just, um, you know, the textbook. Like Shraga mm-hmm. said in Chinuch, I think it's also the living the Yiddishkeit and enjoying the Yiddishkeit and that it's so much fun and so enjoyable and there, can possibly, there cannot possibly be any life that's ever better than this because this is bliss. It's great. It's wonderful. Wow. And she loved it, and that was, that's her famous motto that she used to say, I, uh, I love Hashem and Hashem loves us. Right. And that was, you know, she lived by that. She really did. I want to mention something also that jumped out at me. We're talking about someone who ran Joan Dax-Pesiak of a tremendous school. She was clearly a visionary, and she had her eye on the big picture, but she never lost sight of the individual. And there are so many stories in the book that highlight that, whether it's the person who came to a school play, and in a whole room, the person who noticed that there was a lady standing in the back who didn't have a cheer was Mora Murek. She's the one who's running the school, and yet she's the one who's schlepping a cheer across the room to make sure that everyone's comfortable. Or the, the person who showed up with her mother to a play, I think it was, and the mother came along with an aide, a medical aide who was helping. And Mora Murek made sure to go over and ask her, how did you enjoy the play? And the, school, and the book describes how this aide then went home and for the rest of the day was singing the songs that she heard at the play. And that's all because of Maura Murek's ability to see the individual, not losing track of the fact that every person is an individual. Yes, there's a big picture. We're running a big school. We have to do things a certain way. But she never, ever lost, lost sight of that. How did you see that as grandchildren? So I, I once asked her because... She was known, besides for all the other things that she did in school, but she greeted every single child coming off the bus. It made no difference. It could be raining, snowing, cold, hot, made no difference. She was out there in her coat, 
um, kissing every single girl that came off the bus. And I once asked her, like, why do you do that? And she told me that this way she's able to see on their faces exactly what their day is going to be like. Wow. So if there's something that went wrong at home or they didn't eat breakfast or, or they got into a fight with their sibling or whatever it may be, she was able to, to catch it when they were first coming off the bus, going into school. And that's what I, when, when I say before of, a, of individualized chinuch, this is exactly mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. Each individual was in a shama for itself and a world in its, own, in its own. And I noticed also that she didn't just focus on academics, scores, marks. The book quotes her as saying that she felt her job was to give the children a geshmak in Yiddishkeit. So her motto in life in general was Simcha Zachayim. Mm -hmm. And she really believed it. She danced, she sang through the hallways. Um, she used to tell me, we don't know what's going to be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But Simcha Zachayim will make it through any situation. And that's what she tried to instill into all of her students. That there's a Simcha Zachayim. Love being a Yid. Love learning. Love Yiddishkeit. Love life. And that's really what she, she tried instilling in us and in all, the ch in all her students, which she really considered as children as well. Right. You read the book. The book is a very happy book. It's positive. I, I want to give credit also to the author, Mrs. Adams. She did a, a, a wonderful job of giving it over. It, it, it reads like a novel almost. It's a, it's a story. It's exciting. And you go page to page. It's a very, very light reading. And you walk away feeling proud to be a Yid learning lessons as you go along about how to interact with other people, Jews, non-Jews, how to interact with our own children. She just had that, uh, that ability. That, that was my, my takeaway. What, what, what do you think people will find when they read it? A lot of what we mentioned here, obviously, they'll take. Um, there's many pieces and akudas that I, could, that I would be able to say about her. Um, another major piece, I think, is the non-judgmentalism. Um, you know, the, the ability to speak literally to the daily Hadar and pick mm -hmm. up a phone and call them and, you know, and, and have a conversation with them um, and to talk to, not just a kid, to talk to people that are not from, you know, as you mentioned, people that are not Jewish, uh, anyone, and be machsh of them um, was really, a, it's, it's, a, it's a talent, you know, and, and she had obviously some of it naturally, but it's an avoida, and, and I think we can all work on that to some extent and learn that from her. Um, and to me, the biggest thing that I'll, you know, the, the, her, her, her memory that lives on within me um, is this passion, this, 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 this passion for Yiddishkeit, which is something which you can't explain in words. Mm -hmm. Stories you can explain a little bit. You know, the, I, I, and it's, it's, it's like boiling in my mind, her putting food into the oven, the I'm sure it's boiling in Tragi's mind also. Um, and this is something which we, you know, I grew up with one grandmother. My father's mother wasn't alive when I grew up. I thought all bubbies are like this, you know. Right, <laughs> it took right. a few years till I realized not everyone's like this, but there was th that spark and that 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 love and that that life, and it is really something which is just anyone can learn, and 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 it's really a lesson to everyone to be able to live your life and enjoy you this guy, and be happy with it, and give that on to your children. I think. Right. Just to add on to what Shragi was saying about the connection to the gedolim, um, about 20 years ago, I was invited to a meeting uh, at the Novminsky Rebbe's office. And I walked in, I was probably the youngest person in the room at the time, and he asked me my name, I told him my name, and he said, uh, oh, you're Rebetzim Yurik's grandson, and he stood up for me. Wow. He so remembered her from his Chicago days? Was that yeah, a, they go yeah. back, and they, they, stayed, they kept the Kesher all along. He was actually Masped her two weeks before his Ptira. Wow. He was one of them that was Masped her. It was two weeks earlier, two weeks before his Ptira that she was Nifter. 
Um, but the, the Kesha to the Gdolim in, in all the Rashivas in Chicago, I remember um, her talking on the phone to Yaakov Kamenetsky in Chicago. She was on the phone with him. And there was a Kesha. She, she, she had that, you know, the, the same, the brand for Yiddishkeit, the, the Das Teira was always there. Mm. And uh, her connection to Baruchayim Ramatisio, she was very, very close to Ramatisio here in Lakewood when she came. She took guidance from him. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned stories, and the book is chock full of stories. Very, very interesting ones. Anyone that come to mind that you want to share with our viewers? Anything that's uh, particularly noteworthy? I think one of the stories that are really something to, to think about is the, the famous Tillam story that happened to her. Um, she told it to me right when, it, right when it happened, and one of her things she used to do was, again, as part of caring for each individual student, this is one of her things that she used to do, before she went to Etzisol, she would take down the list of all her students. She would ask them to write down their names, their parents' names, or anybody she wants that they want her to daven for at the Kosel. And as, uh, I don't know if it's known, but every single day she said the entire Sefer Tillam, mm-hmm. um, for as long as I remember. Mm-hmm. Not only in Etzisol, but as, as long as I remember, she completed the entire Sefer Tillam every single day. But when she was in Etzisol, she, she, she used to like saying about a Kosel. Um, so she went to the Kosel and she was getting back onto the number two bus uh, to go back to where she was staying, and she stuck her hand in her pocket, and she realized that she forgot one paper. So she said, you know what, I'm going to go back and say, I'll take the next bus, and that number two bus is the one that unfortunately blew up. So she, was, she used to say that Tillam saved her life. Wow. That's what she used to say. So true. Her, her commitment to her, to her Talmidois, and the book describes how she went back to the school and spoke about it. And it was, it was an eternal lesson to all the Talmudists about the, not only the power of tefillah, but the power of doing for others and how it, ultimately we are the greatest beneficiaries of that. So um, any final thoughts before we wrap up our conversation? So I, I want to just say that you know, the book itself is compiled of stories for the most part of, of students of hers. Um, She's had thousands of students over the 70 years that she was in Chinuch, but it really reaches a lot further than that. Um, I'm going to give you an example. My, when she, shortly after she moved to Lakewood, uh, my son was having a Chumash Masiba uh, in one of the local yeshivas. And I went, and my grandmother came also, and the principal got up and he said that I'd like to welcome my principal from Chicago. She's here today. And he went on, you know, saying how much Akasa Toif he has for her. Um, not everybody knows, but back in the beginning of Chicago days, she was the principal of both the boys and the girls. Right. And this individual, this, the principal, was one of her students. Top, yeah. yeah, one of her students. And um, so, you know, throughout the thousands of students that she had, it's not only their individual lives that were touched, but because they went on, many of them went on to Chinuch. So there's a lot more people that were touched by, by her creativity and by her chinuch and by her, and by her visions than, than we even think. Right. Um, I would add, add to what Tragi just said, um, that if anyone has um, more information, more stories, we'd love to hear them. That's number one. Um, on top of that, you know, there's so much to think and, and say about her. Um, but one major thing, really tremendous, I think, it's... If you have to do the math calculations, how many students she actually had over the years. Right. But I don't think I ever heard from her, ever, 
I, I can't remember, this person was my student. This person was someone that, you know, learned by me, so to speak. Um, she connected with them. Maybe she said, tell me this in the sense of caring for them, like you would say children, but not in the student sense, meaning that I'm the one that gave over to them. And she really didn't live like that. And it's an amazing thing to think of someone that had accomplished so much in her life, and she had so many, so many students that wanted to be Rebbe and Rashi Yeshiva, Moros, that had, she had Eneklach, there were people in the school that were great-grandchildren um, of students of hers. And she never, I, I see that she never looked at them like, I taught you, I teach you, like someone that gave up. But I think she saw that this is my job in life, and this is what I do, and Hashem gave me these kaychas, and I'm giving wow. it over to you. And to me, that, that's an amazing thing, to be able to think that someone that accomplished so much but didn't hold it on their sleeve right. and, and didn't walk around proud of it, understanding that the Rebbe Hashem gave me these kaychas, and I'm using it. That's something which I think anyone can learn from. I think and that's amazing. A, I think what you're saying is so true, because you see, she didn't uh, you know, rest on her laurels and celebrate her successes, Viharaya, when she came to Lakewood in her 70s, she started first elementary school, then high school, which is almost unheard of. Who starts a school at age 70? You know, so she, she, she obviously had that fire within her, you know, that just kept burning. But as Rabshagi said, her influence went far beyond just the classroom and the individual students she taught because now they're carrying it on to the next generation and so on and so forth. And I would add that now this book is going to be perpetuating her legacy as well because even those who were in Zeichet to be in her orbit and to benefit from her chinuch brilliance and her creativity and above all her heart will now be able to taste that beauty, the beauty of her care, the beauty of her love through this beautifully written book. So we're indebted to you. Thank you for, to both of you and to whoever was involved in compiling this book and again to the author for doing such a wonderful job for allowing Klai Yisrael to benefit from Mrs. Mora Murek's joy from her love and from her care. And we appreciate you coming in for a few minutes to talk. Thank you, thank you. I want to just add that uh, Mrs. Jaffe, our principal in Chedva Spesyakov, told me she remembers in 1968, she was going into kindergarten, and Mora Murek took her by her hand and took her into class. And it still, it still resonates with her today. Um, and all the different movements going throughout elementary school, high school, and life in general, um, but I, I found it fascinating when she told me this, that I can't remember what happened in 10th grade, forget about what happened <laughs> right. in kindergarten. Right. So apparently it made a reshim on her and probably many, many others mm -hmm. of just this, the, the, the heart that we discussed earlier, just loving every single human being. Beautiful. One can imagine Mrs. Jaffe now giving over to her students, you know, these things are not things that are taught with words. They're really right. taught with action. And, you know, the, um, being able to give that over is something which you have to have received and be able to pass it on heart to heart. I think there's no other way to do it. You can't teach these things in words. It's just the way you live and you get that by osmosis and then hopefully you try to give it over as servants of Hashem. Well, I could attest as my daughters are in Benos Brochot at the school still running under, uh, you know, her, her foundation. And inspiration, and, uh, and, right? And inspiration, sure. and it still runs the same way. And the, and the, and the Hashem, I love Hashem, and Hashem loves you. Is just, it's, it's part of the school. It's, it's in the, it's in the walls. Beautiful. So we encourage people to to tap into that, to ha get a taste of it with this beautiful new book, and we thank you again. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you.